Way down in Georgia There lives a strange collection of people But the tie that binds them is WrestleMatch And they love to sit around and talk about it And that's what they fixing to do Georgia Wrestling History proudly presents The WrestleMen a whoop cast. We got Shane, Brian, feeling two mats. We got a grandpa too. An old foot and shot. Yes, you know they finna get right. It's the wrestle me. They talk about wrestling. And um, this is a special project from the Russell Men, a Whoopcast. Um, I've never really done one of these. Well, I talked to Bobby Eaton for 45 minutes one night on the radio, so I feel like I'm qualified to do just about anything. Um, but at any rate, what are we here for? Uh, a few months ago, some guy I know retired, and uh, after he had time to think about it, he said he wanted to do a shoot interview. And because I say yes to everything, I said, sure, we'll do a shoot interview. I don't know how to do that. So I thought about it, and I thought about it, and I thought about it. And I tried to figure out what would make this more interesting than just two dudes sitting around telling stories and being mean to people. Which there certainly will be some level of two dudes sitting around telling stories and being mean to people. But what I really, what really struck me was... Wrestling is about two sides, and it's not baby faces and heels, it's not fans versus workers, it's not, you know, TV versus the indies. What wrestling really comes down to is the light and the dark, and the light is all the things that makes us drive for hours and hours for hot dogs, handshakes, it's the boys or the women, the people in the locker room. It's the ability to do this thing we love. It's having a great match. It's being able to come out to cool music. It's the rats. Um, and then there's the dark side to it, which is the heat, the feeling unappreciated, um, feeling like maybe you don't belong, you're not good enough. And also, in many cases, the rats. Um, and nobody has lived that better than my guest right here, Suicide King, Death Row, and my good fucking friend, Brad Cash. Brad, how you doing, baby? Can I drink that? Oh, Brad, come on. Here's to us. Just a couple boys drinking Whistle Pig. Okay, alright, so that's going to be that kind of evening. Um, so what do we want to talk about first? Well, obviously, this will be, be a two-part video. I talked about the light and the dark. And we're going to talk about the dark first, because that's what you fuckers want to see. There's just no doubt around it. That's the thing that is going to sell. And I also think that is the thing you got to get out of the way before you can enjoy telling the stories. Because especially with you, Brad, both are in equal parts. You have lived, uh, you've lived this thing in a lot of different ways, and you have a career that. When you look back on it, you did a lot of stuff, but the first thing I always think about when I said, well, the first thing I thought about when I decided we wanted to do this was, I don't know why Brad does a lot of the things he does. I know him to be a really good dude. I know him to be jovial. I know him to be fun. He has great stories. And I don't know any people that matter that have a negative opinion of Brad Cash, the person, for sure. So I don't know why he wants to put skewers in his head. 
<laughs> I don't know why he wants to bleed. And we're going to get into all that. But first, Brad, the first thing I want to know right off the bat is you always had a character mm -hmm. that was dark, scary, um, incarcerated at times in storyline. What, what brought you to that? Because you don't make that choice just because you think it's cool. Uh, I mean, get it in you, son. That's that's truth juice. That truth juice would just wake you right up. I mean, shit, you're here. You're among friends. Your lovely fiance is watching on. Get the truth juice in you. Uh, to be honest, um, the dark gimmicks. I I always I was always fifty fifty watching wrestling like. You know, I could like your Ravens, your Undertakers, and all that, but I could like your Kofi Kingstons, you know, your... Still dark. Yeah. <laughs> Bright of person. Bright of person. I mean, you take that and say the Undertaker's very light. <laughs> That's true. That but, true. uh, honestly, picking the dark characters, it was the way I could be more myself, I think. I could put more into it, because, like, I could do... There, were, there was a lot of side gimmicks people didn't know I did. I mean, I've, I've done everything from, you know, I, uh, I did a gimmick one point in time where I wore body glitter. Yeah. And, uh, and, uh, and I was just real, like, flamboyant. and uh, Like, I would come out and, like, I would stretch my leg on, like, a woman in the front row, and then her husband would get mad, and I'd go, oh, sorry, and then stretch my leg on him. Stuff like that. And it was fine, but it wasn't me. It was just, it was just a... It was just a character. It was just something I was like, oh, this will be funny, like, twice. Right, 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 right. But when, It entertained uh, you. Yeah. Got you through a, <clears throat> a stretch that maybe you weren't feeling yeah. the most or with the booking or whatever. Uh, anytime I did those gimmicks, it was more to entertain myself. Right. Um, when I did the Death Row gimmick, I could be a little bit more... Um, it could be a little bit more me, uh, because I, I could be funny... But I could also I could be an asshole too. Right. Like it was, it was both. But then I got with the Devil's Rejects. So so right there, yeah. you don't get to be like nobody right. in the Devil's Rejects is faking it. Right. Like that is that is a group that is put together by people who all in some way, shape, or form like you don't even like that movie. Unless you have a certain right. thing in you. Now, was it something, is that how you grew up? Or did that, did you, was it, was it, I get host of What I'm trying to say is, was it just from, oh, these are my interests. I like metal. Mm -hmm. I like horror movies. I'm going to do this. Or was it something deeper, like, I really do have some issues, and I'm going to work through my issues by doing this thing that I love in wrestling, but I'm also going to kind of work through the real issues I have in my head by portraying this character and trying to get some of this out. Uh, it was definitely deeper. Because um, I did like horror movies, but a lot of people won't know. I mean, not that my t-shirt's helping. Horror is not my favorite <laughs> genre. I'm surprised to hear that. It's not. Comedy is. Well, uh, I'm com not surprised to hear that. Comedy and uh, drama, like biopics, yeah. are, are more my, my go-to. Uh, Music-wise, I mean... Obviously, do like metal. I, I mean, I wouldn't come out to shit I didn't like. Which uh, is probably why I changed my music like a thousand times. <laughs> right, right. But, uh, it was really more like I like old like ballad metal, but I also uh, thoroughly enjoy. Which you know this. Maybe a lot of people don't know. I enjoy like nineties rap, gangster it's rap. The best. Uh, I like old R and B. Uh, I even like old country. Like. I, so music, music this is why we get along. Right? Yeah, We're the same true. dude. Yeah. Uh, I like Post Malone. <laughs> no, you look like Post Malone. I, I, know. <laughs> I, know. I know. That was that was the appeal. That's probably what I'm gonna go as for Halloween, so I can just be a cheap costume. Sure. Uh, I mean, I got a grill. So. Would you do that? So so it's not so it really is. Oh, it's not just I was a metal kid in high school, so I'm a metal kid now. You like you said, you had all this variation. Well, how did you? And I keep harping on that because I believed you. And to mm -hmm. be believed in, in that group mm -hmm. with those guys means there had to be something deeper to it. So what were you trying to work through as um, you took on that character? 
Well, really, really being in the devil's rejects. One, it, it was my chance. It was an opportunity for me to learn. Like it was, I was learning a lot while I was with them. But it was actually when Dan and Rick came up to me and said, "Hey, we're going to split you away from them. Just do something different. Whatever the fuck it is, just do it." And that was when, like, it finally happened. It was like this is my opportunity to really put the story out there that I've been wanting to put out there for however many years it had been at that point. Um, so a lot of things a lot of people don't know is when I was a kid, I was actually really popular. Like, you know, you you see a lot of the dark gimmicks, like, you know, you hear guys sure. like raving and stuff. Yeah, like, the like a school stuff. shooter. Yeah, that, yeah. And uh, that, wasn't, that wasn't me. I was popular. Uh, I was a football player, basketball player. And all that shit. But in that, like the, oh, let's, you know, I gotta walk around with my Letterman jersey and all that. It was, it was a sham. Like it wasn't, it wasn't really me. Right, right, um, right. I, uh, um, I, I, I dealt with a lot of weird things. Like I had mentally, like my mind went in different places. Like if you, if you pointed at this book. This make believe book. There's not actually a book here, but if there's a lot of books in my home. I read a lot. <laughs> but uh, if you look at this book, and you know, you were like, "Oh, that's a great book." I would look at it and be like, "I mean, this book's got this, this, and this. You know, this part sucks. This part's good." Like I, I focused in on every little detail, and it was all about capturing emotion. I was an emotional kid, um, and that's how, that's how football was for me. Everybody saw, like, walking through the halls, they saw the big football player, but nobody saw that on game day how I would black out my eyes before I would come out. Uh, like the program. Like the, yeah, yeah, the yeah, fucking yeah, skull yeah. on his face. Uh, you know, nobody saw me go off in a corner and start punching walls until my hands went numb because uh, it was always my hands that got stepped on when I played. Like, nobody saw that energy. Um, was it nerves or was it intensity? It was intensity, but it was just this, um, I kind of actually talked about it on the car ride over here. I would say, I would say a very young teen, Brad, you got 50% laugh, goofing off, and 50% just angry. Just, yeah. you know, wanting to burn the world down, all that. But then as I got older, like high school, it was, all that was still true. It was 50%, I'm, I'm going to say dumb shit to make everybody laugh. 50%, you know, fuck it, I'm going to go over there and fight that guy. But there was a secondary 100% that nobody saw. That I was actually sad all the time. Right, I was right. very sad. Um, my mom, uh, she, uh, she had some issues when I was growing up. Uh, she's fine now. She she was a good mom, but she had stuff she couldn't help, and she she doesn't even remember a lot of it. Now. Yeah. Um, and do you think that your nature of being incredibly analytical about things made it even worse for you? Because, like you said, you everybody look. We all got some shit. Yeah. Um, and you see your parents go through some shit, and like you said, your mom might not remember some of it. Yeah. Do you think it amplified it because you were picking every piece of it oh, yeah. apart? Oh, yeah. Um, I, I dealt with weird pain receptors when I was a kid. Uh, emotional things hurt, but like actual pain didn't. I was 17 or 18, and I got in a fight after school with some douchebag that was picking on one of my buddies and as I'm fighting him I feel a pinch in my side and I look down and this motherfucker stabbed me. And my reaction was not, oh, oh fuck, I'm stabbed. stabbed. It was, oh really? I'll be damned. Uh, yeah, I was, like, <laughs> I was like, are you fucking kidding me? We're just and, uh, fighting, why are you stabbing me? Yeah, this is I, a high school fight. Somebody's supposed to break this up yeah. and then we're supposed to be friends in two weeks. That's how this works. And uh, what, what, what's the, uh, what's the, oh, fuck it, I'll just tell it. Uh, I ended up giving him a receipt as we. Sure, sure. Uh, 
Statute of limitations. Yeah, what you're looking for. Um, I'm with you now. I'm with you. Yeah. He got a receipt yeah, in the manner that he reserved um, that he deserved a receipt. Yeah. All I'm saying is don't don't go into a fight bringing out a knife when you got gauges in your ear. Fair enough. Yeah, Fair enough. That's all I'm saying. So you you you've mentioned fighting a guy a few times. Were you a scrapping kid? Yes and no. Um, I it took a lot to get me there. But once you were there, and then once I was there, it, it happened. Was it one of those deals where you didn't go start no shit, but you weren't going to accept no shit being started, especially on somebody else? Uh, yeah. If it was started on somebody else, um, I would start it. If like if they went after somebody else, then I would come and start. Yeah, it. Yeah, I would yeah, purposely yeah. go out of my way to start this fight. Um, sure. Sure. Get it. It's delicious, right? But um, yeah, I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do a yeah, brief go aside about this whiskey. Do you know why I still have this whiskey, Brad? Why do you still have this whiskey? Because when I moved in, mm -hmm. I took all my good whiskey mm -hmm. and I put it around the home, and I was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna display my cool whiskey, and I'm gonna have a little nip now and again." I'm not a big drinker. I, I drink on occasion, but then I was gonna host a, a wrestling event for all my friends, and that meant that uh. One wrestler in particular that you and I know, and we're going to talk about in our next episode, she would be over here. And so I said, I'm going to hide my good whiskey. Yeah. Um, yeah and I'm going to put out what I call the bum shelf. Yeah. Well, I hid my whiskey, and a year later I opened the cabinet where it was and was like, well, I'll be damned. There's my whiskey. So that whiskey is here because I was hiding it. From a person who you know who I'm talking about. I mean, you just got to put it up high. That's what I did. I put it up high, and I went to put a TV on my refrigerator, mm -hmm. like you do. And I was having, I was making sure there's nothing in that cabinet I needed, and there was my whiskey. So that's why that whiskey's here. Oddly enough, that is the, that person is the reason the whiskey's here. But we will get into who that person is. But yeah, you're saying that like, uh, if somebody was picking on a friend or just acting ass, yeah, you'd make sure that they were engaged. Yeah, I just, I really, you know, you're a teenager, you don't know how to fucking handle stuff. And I would go overboard, I would go overboard with a lot. As my fiancé likes to say, I have a very dramatic tendencies sometimes. Fair enough. Well, just a little. Uh, just Do you regret it, though? Not necessarily going too far, right? But, like, when you think back on it, and you think of the reasons why you were in these scuffles, mm. are you upset? Mm, there were sometimes there were there was a lot of misunderstandings. Okay. A lot of times, uh, especially when it involved women. Well, um, women without whiskey, folks. Whiskey's hard to beat. Yeah. Um. But it. Uh, man, I, some I regret. Some the violence was too much. There was. There was times I saw shit that a. Teenager shouldn't see. Yeah. Um. I mean, it's like, you know, fucking boys in the hood. You want to see a dead body? Yeah. You know, I mean. Well, so, okay, a lot of this is when, when Brad pulled up here. Come on in, Townsreed. Come on in. This is the, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, the other team. Oh, my God. The Super other team stuff. got a penalty. You got to, you can't, look. Stay on your feet in the box, son. You got to stay on your feet in the box. This is just some folks having a good time, sitting around being friends. So, yeah, you're going to see Town 3 traipse through here. All right, go I ahead. Hope so. He's actually the star here. Go get after it. Um, but so, <laughs> when Brad pulled up here today, I, I, I live in Alpharetta, Georgia. And I told him, welcome to the whitest place on earth. Because it is a very different environment than I, quite frankly, am used to. I didn't grow up in a place like this, and you certainly didn't. How much of, of all of this mm -hmm. that sort of made you up and, and put you in these positions, like you said, that a teenager shouldn't necessarily see, mm -hmm. and maybe you had some behavior that you aren't necessarily proud of, mm -hmm. how much of that is environment? Uh, I would say a good portion. Now, my, my mom, uh, she lived out in the, out in the country. Um, my dad lived in Knoxville, and he lived in, in a nicer part of Knoxville. It, uh, if such a thing exists. Yeah. <laughs> it Roll was, Tide. It was, uh, 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 u
Your you have been, your your pain has been registered. But, uh, like and both both households were fine as far as the neighborhood. Yeah. Um, but you just had these places at my mom's house. You know, meth. Yeah. Bad, uh, going towards dad's, um, which I know you're not from Knoxville, so none of these areas are going to sound familiar. But you had to go through what was known as Magnolia. Central Avenue and Fifth Avenue, which, uh, when I had been gone from Knoxville for a little while and came home, I drove through Fifth Avenue and the first thing I saw was a chalk outline. Mm -hmm. I was like, ah, oh, first well, day back. You're right. I'm not particularly familiar with Knoxville, but mm -hmm. I am familiar with the world enough to know mm -hmm. that if you know areas by the street name, not a lot of good things happen over there. Uh, the good neighborhoods get cool names like Brickwood. Yeah. And they name them for something else. But if you were known, I grew up on Gate 6. Yeah. And uh, to get to Gate 6, you had to go to Nat Pond. Or maybe if you went a little further, you went to Jarman Lane. So it is a, there's a commonality between any rural, the South is the South. And it, all yeah. over. But like, there is a commonality that I do, I do understand your story a lot. And it, it crosses, it crosses every demographic line. My, my dad's house, for example, is on Pruden Drive. Mm -hmm. One street over where there was some activity from time to time. And if you were a kid in the early 2000s, this will hit home. It was called Grove Street. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Ripping the green. <laughs> but, but all that stuff, if you go look in the, the past of most of us in this business... Mm -hmm. That's what you're going to find. Yeah. yeah. Um, there's there's not a guy that I talk to that would be a wrestling friend. Um, there's not many of us who don't share that kind of mm. environmental experience. We 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 uh, use it in different ways, but it all had its impact on us. And I think part of the appeal of wrestling had to be that violence was something that was uh, common. Like, we understood, like, that was a thing we understood was violence. Um, the reason we weren't into Dungeons and Dragons as much was because it, that, we didn't see no dragons in the street. Right. But I understood what it was like to get clotheslined or to see somebody clotheslined. And at least when I watched the wrestling, at the mm. end of it, the good guy probably won. And so I think that that... Those streets, those areas, those places like that growing up helps get us to the place where we're like, hey man, I really do dig this thing. So all that stuff prepared you pretty well for wrestling, but you just named a lot of things in your, in your developmental stages that translate poorly in a locker room because, again, we all, a lot of us come from the places where, okay, I got a problem with this guy. I know, the one way I know how to handle this is to square him up. Um, did you, early on, how did you sort of beat back that instinct to, because, you know, when you start, you're nothing. Yeah. And it is different for, especially a guy who, like you said, you were pretty good at football, played basketball, really popular. Um, it's hard to get yourself in the mindset to go be the guy putting up the ring and go be the guy that's jobbing out. How did, did you struggle with that in the beginning? No, no. I, I had a really good trainer. Uh, his name was Jeff Anderson. And uh, there was another guy that helped out named Edward Idle. And they were drilling this uh, this old school mentality of, you know, you don't you don't go over. Right. You, know, you don't, you know, you don't speak. Like, you don't yeah. do this. You, you, you shut the fuck up and you listen. And, uh, and they drilled that in me. And that's why we started off with 16 people in my first training group. And after like three, four months, there was one person that finished, yep. and it was me. And um, so my first year, I was fine. I just wanted to learn what I could. Uh, also, at the end of my first year, I didn't know if wrestling was for me. That's why I didn't have a problem showing up and tearing everything down, because I was like, I'm just going to give it time. I'm just going to see. And I didn't know if it was for me. I had a stupid-ass gimmick. It was bad. It, it was so fucking bad. When I see pictures, I tell people it's not Oh, bad. what? Well, you got to give it It to was, me. so, it, oddly enough, it was what 
I thought I had at the time of what Brad Cash would end up being later. Right. But I went by Armageddon because... Oh, yeah. baby! Yeah. Oh, I'm in it now. Um, <laughs> one word names were cool. Um, what year was this? 2009. Oh, God. Jesus Christ, Brad. That's the worst possible time to have started wrestling. Yeah. Like, all the good shit was done. Yeah. TV was terrible. Yeah. And, and you were Armageddon. Man, I was Armageddon who had the same outfit style as Kevin Nash. <laughs> but, uh, who who is my all-time favorite wrestler? Fair enough. And I don't give a fuck what anybody says about him or his knee. Um, <laughs> the quad, though, is real <laughs> shit. <laughs> that quad's a fucking deal. Um, but uh, I, I didn't understand the gimmick, and uh, you know, I painted my full face. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, I also didn't have as many tattoos, so I painted one on because I thought it would look cool. <laughs> and it did not. What would you paint it on? It was just an anarchy A. Because I, I had one on my, I had one on my pants, and I was like, and none, only one thing on my gear See, was even custom. You were a, a full-blown WWE 2K creative character. I was. You just painted on the goddamn Like, they don't have the tattoo I want, but they'll let me place this paint on my arm. Armageddon needs this anarchy A. Yeah, and uh, the thing was, is I would forget which side of my chest I was. was so, <laughs> so I would get going, and... Um, I'd, I'd fuck it up and finally remember my trainer goes god damn just stop painting the stop fucking painting A on your chest, the A on your chest. <laughs> just fucking quit that's good. That's he's good. like I'm gonna change your gimmick to where you're you're anal getting <laughs> that's what the A stands for and, uh, which later on I would've got I was gonna say that would be yeah. a, that'd be hot shit right now yeah so <laughs> what do you think it is though in us that that these proud boys mm -hmm. come into wrestling mm -hmm. and we get there, and those of us that make it, and I say us like I've been through, so I ain't paid no dues. Look, let's just, I don't, because somebody's going to watch it and say, that asshole used to sit in the front row, and then they gave him PCW. So, yeah, okay. <laughs> so, like, but, like, the, these But you paid attention, though. A, like, a lot, a I lot mean, of you attention. Were, you were around, like, Jeff G. Bailey. Yes, I still am. <laughs> like, I just, again, I have lived a charmed life. And I've weaseled my way into everything I ever wanted to do. But like, what do you think it is that that breaks us? That's the that's the wrong word. Um, that's a negative connotation. That's, what do you think it is that makes us accept that this right here is what we have to do now? Because nobody sits <clears throat> you down, and they don't t they don't explain like, okay, Brad, <clears throat> you're here, you're working hard, you're training. Um, this is how it's going to be for right now, but <clears throat> it's all going to be fine later on. Nobody explains that to you. They just treat you like shit in a lot of... And I don't... Again, that's got a negative connotation that I don't want to have to you. They treat you like you don't know anything because you, you don't, don't know anything. Right. So what is it do you think that makes us accept that and, and move forward? For me, this is what I wanted to do. And I, I knew that's what I had to do. Like, you know, playing basketball, I couldn't just walk out and start shooting threes. Yeah. And even if I could, I wouldn't know how to dribble. I wouldn't right. know how to do this. And... I had been so used to football at that point in time and dealing with politics. Uh, for example, uh, my senior year, there was a guy that started over me at one position. Um, he was good. He was good on the other side of the ball, but he was not good on this side. We're going into game three. He hasn't made a tackle yet. I'm coming off the bench and have like eight or nine, uh, you know, shit like that. So I, I was used to. I was kind of used to being put under at that point. Right. Uh, so I go through wrestling, and uh, like I said, I wasn't sure how I liked it. I had people coming at me from every angle, you know, like, because I was in college at the time. Uh, I went to a Christian college. I'm not, that doesn't shock me. It shocks a lot of people. A lot not of people me. Think, like, like, uh, yeah, uh, like, I know you. <laughs> I know it shocks you. <laughs> I, I know you, and it, that does not, that doesn't shock me at all. Yeah, a lot of people, a lot of people think because of the gimmicks I do, um, that, uh, that I don't have, like, some type of, um, like, faith. Yeah. Uh, and I do. I'm not saying I'm very good at it. <laughs> very, very bad at it, I yeah, I, But, I, yeah. I'm you know, super I, bad at it. Um, but, um, but, you know, I do things my own way. And, uh, and, that, and that's why I was, I was okay with the, 
with the being put down. It was a, it was a structure thing, and um, and I had people coming at me from every angle, tell me to do this, tell me to do this, tell me to do this with my life, blah 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 blah, and um, and this was the only thing that made sense to me because yeah. it was it was a ladder, and I knew I had to start on the bottom of the ladder and climb up. So did you? Like, yeah, obviously we could talk about, like you said, you love Kevin Nash. We, we would, neither of us would be sitting here together if we didn't grow up watching wrestling. I think that's, obviously we know that. But, like, were you looking for a challenge? Were you looking for belonging? Were you looking for structure? Or were you looking for, not to put too fine a point on it, salvation from something to even decide to do this? Um, when I first started out, like the, the Armageddon gimmick, um, <laughs> I, uh, so I wasn't very good. I know I wasn't very good. I mean, I, I was bad. Like, you could, you could show me. All enough, the only thing I was good at was a sunset flip. <laughs> this is all I was that good at. That looks weird, man. Oh, man, she, she's got a picture. <laughs> oh, my God. Right oh, uh, my uh, God. Yeah. I, I know. Yeah. We're going to do this DIY style. Luckily, I got a cool monitor here, ladies and gentlemen. This is our Mageddon! And nobody ever announced it that cool. <laughs> Nor should they. No, should, I, I gave you more than that dessert. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, uh, and this one guy could never get my name right. He was always like, was like, ladies and gentlemen, making his way to the ring, Apocalypse! <laughs> You should have just changed it. Yeah, it's like, an equally shitty name. <laughs> I was like, God damn, I'm already going to get beaten three minutes. Yeah, fucking fucking Armageddon has been thwarted. <laughs> um, but, uh, oh, fuck. Uh, so then I left wrestling after my first year, and it was just trying to figure out where I was going to go. And um, I won't go into too much detail, but I went off to do something else that I thought was going to be it. Yeah. That was going to be the thing. And uh, I had an accident while I was there and, uh, and it wasn't. And like, and I ended up having to go to counselors and um, just all this shit. Uh, I, I couldn't sleep at yeah. that point in time. I had to take medicine to go to sleep. And uh, I was super depressed. Yeah. Because uh, I had PTSD and uh, anxiety and all this stuff. And the thing was, I was super depressed, and they were giving me medicine to try and help. And then I got berated for taking medicine. I got berated for, uh, I got berated for talking about what was wrong, and I got berated for not talking about yeah. what's wrong. Yeah. Um, and you like you have carried that, mm -hmm. like that's been a part of you mm -hmm. from then on, right? I mean, like, or yeah. for as much as I know about you, yeah. I know that's a part of it too. Yeah. Um, that it is. You, you can struggle with, mm. hey, man, I'm having a rough fucking go of it. Mm. Because, like you said, you, you, you was drilled into you. Yeah. Um, how did you eventually make it manageable? Um, I mean, I ended up dropping out of college. And I was, I was dating a girl at the time who, she was rich. Her family didn't get it. They didn't get the whole thing. And uh, and like I said, not to go into too much detail, but what I did cost someone their life, and I had to I had to live with that. Like I was I was the one that had to go on with that. And then it was two of us uh, in the accident, and one of them it cost him his life later because he committed suicide right in front of me. So I'm a 19 year old kid. Yeah having to try to go to class like a normal kid and deal with that and I don't I don't know how like I, I don't nobody has yeah, the tools I, to deal with that and definitely not somebody who like you said you were getting it from both sides yeah. of oh don't talk about this you know suck it up and go on yeah. why are you taking these pills and then the other side saying oh you got to talk more yeah. nobody's equipped for that no. um, so, and you're 19 yeah so not for specifics, but like, what's the day-to-day -day like when, when that's your reality? Um, depending on if I take the medicine or not. Right. Uh, I can either sleep all day if I do take it, which was causing me to miss class, and also causing me to have no personality. Right. I was, I was, I was a zombie. Um, or I didn't take it, 
and I could, I could, I could hide it at some points. I could be funny, and I, I could do this and do this, but at the end of the day, I was up all night. Right. I would be up, you know, four or five o'clock in the morning, just staring. Yeah, and, and that that existence is the recipe for any number of terrible tragedies. Yeah. That. That you hear about. Robin Williams immediately came into my mind when you when you started telling that story. It's like, yeah, I'll be the clown to to get through this, but when all the when everybody's gone and you know the cameras are off or my friends are all gone, I still got to get through this night. Um, what what advice would you give that Brad now? Because you. I'm not intimating that you yeah. have beaten everything and that every day is a pot of sunshine for Brad Cash, but I know that you've gotten through the worst of it. So what have you learned now that if you'd known it then might have really salved the wound a little bit? Um, I spent a lot of time trying to please everybody, uh, even in wrestling. Like, I mean, it was, it was a lot of that. I would say... I would tell me to find an outlet, because I found a lot of outlets later on that were better. Right. They were less violent and uh, stuff like that. Um, I would have told me, I would have told me to chill the fuck out, because I let all that pressure get to the pressure I already had with school and uh, and with a girlfriend at the time, uh, who. We'll put this on the funny story part. <laughs> sure. But uh, what led to mine and her breakup. Uh, but it's also just surrounding yourself with the right people. And I, I didn't do that. Uh, I almost, I let one bad act almost lead to another. And then a, you know, what would have ended up being a lifetime of bad acts as a, I mean, when you're down in the dumps, like, that's that's who, like, we'll say, uh, organizations look for. Sure, yeah, we'll, sure. We'll say, sure. We'll say organizations. Uh, and I had a friend who was part of one of those organizations, and he was like, oh, man, you know, we'll, we'll accept you. Yeah, we love you, brother. Yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> disclaimer, it's not the clan, because fuck them. Uh, <laughs> uh, but... <laughs> yeah, fuck the plan. Uh, uh, but it, it it was a it was a certain organization that a lot of people hear about. CoStar. What is it, Bud? I don't know what that means. <laughs> I can't go. I'm doing an interview. Well, there's something wrong with YouTube. <laughs> okay. Well, we'll go check YouTube here in just a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> YouTube jackassing around like it always does. But uh, and I I almost let it get bad. Um, I almost uh, let it go too far, and then I split away. Was uh, there anybody telling you on the other side? You, clearly, you talked about the bad influences. Mm -hmm. Was there anybody trying to snap you out of it, and you just couldn't listen? No. So that and that you know that's where it really. That's where the real trouble is, if yeah. there is no ballast. It, because it, it really was, because it was either people saying, my problems weren't real, get yep. over it, yep. or it was, oh, we can show you how to fix your problems. Oh, okay. let's spend a minute on that, because that is something I think that I know I've certainly been guilty of, um, and a lot of us are, and it, we live in a culture where everything is the worst deal, and so we become desensitized to that. Yeah. But talk me through... How it feels to you, a person who's going something through, you know, let's, we'll call it invisible because your arm wasn't chopped off. You know, you didn't, yeah. that is something that's completely internal. Mm. What goes, what happens to you internally when you're expressing or whether you're even discussing it or if you're just going through it, if somebody tells you, you know, shake it off, it's all in your head. Like, what does that do to you? So... Going back to this double-sided coin of I had these people tell me to do this, and these people tell me to do this. These people are saying, I mean, I'm just going to be honest at this point, take this gun, go shoot this guy. 
and that, that was word for word what it was. These people are saying, none of this is real, you don't have problems, you need to straighten up, blah, 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 blah. And it's almost like, here's the same gun, point it at yourself. Right, right. The guy coming through, doing some light dribbling. And that, you talk about a double-sided coin. Here are two adults coalescing, heavy having a heavy, heavy, con heavy, heavy conversation. And then my man here just, just comes through, on. doing some cool dribbling. So, so it, you don't know what to do. Right. It's because obviously, honestly, I would imagine that both options seem about as viable as the other. Mm -hmm. So, what snapped you? Um, I was having a uh, I was having a conversation with uh, with one of my buddies that wrestled, and he uh, he was like, "Hey, I got the books now on the shows that you left." He was like, "I know." You've been having issues. He's like, I can see it. Yep. And he's like, why don't you try to come back? And I was like, I don't know, man. I wasn't very good. And he was like, well, just try. He's like, yeah. He's like, fuck it if you're not good. Just, you know, have something to do. And uh, so I go back, and he's like, are you still wanting to be Armageddon? I was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the one thing I've learned. I was like, I know that was horrible. I have in a bad spot. Life is a shambles around me. I don't know up from down to fucking scratch my watch or wind my ass. I don't know any of that. But what I do know, Armageddon ain't shit. Yeah. yeah so and uh, and I was sitting there and I was like, I was like, okay, well I need a name. And they were like, well, what are you gonna wear? And I said black. And because uh, I know everybody wears black. It's hey. black, black's the thing, but. To me, like, I just wanted to wear black. It was how I felt. What slimming it? made you look good? <laughs> oh, dude, I was skinny, I was skinny as fuck. Um, and my buddy goes, "Okay, well, what's your name gonna be?" And I was sitting there thinking, and my grandpa, his last name was Cash, and I looked into it, and he was actually Johnny Cash's like cousin or Chris Elton's cousin? No. <laughs> Tank, Tank's about to bust through that door like the Kool-Aid man. And I deserve no shit, Mark. And I was like, I'm going to be Brad Cash. And they were like, oh, okay, so like money? And I go, no, just Brad Cash. Point blank. And uh, I didn't really have a gimmick at first, but when I came back, it was just like, they were like, well, you already like, paid a lot of your dues. Why don't you just work on the wrestling part of it? Yeah. And um, so I did. I started getting a little bit better. And quite frankly, you did have a gimmick. It was yeah. life. It was yeah, the hand yeah. you had been dealt <clears throat> had created what would have been um, almost an over-the-top wrestling persona yeah. if a booker had just said, hey, Brad, let's, let's do this. Right. Your real story then became an actual origin story. I, um, I, I played around with a few different gimmicks, like, you know, going down the road. I was, uh, was a white rapper at one point. Not a shot. <laughs> Should have wrote it, son. I was, uh, but I was a, I, I, I knew I actually couldn't rap. <laughs> That's so even better. I did a suburban white rapper. Oh, God, shit, Brad. Um, yeah, if I would have known, if I would have known back then how to actually work. Mike Posey wrote that thing all the way to fucking AEW. <laughs> and uh, and uh, then I did, um, uh, God, it was so bad. I did a gimmick where I got hit in the head and I thought I was a child. And I had this teddy bear that I started calling Armageddon and I painted its face. And it was my tag partner and it was the hot tag. <laughs> Undefeated. Undefeated was Armageddon, the um, teddy bear. And, you know, I just played around. I did a gimmick where I was a car salesman. I walked out and gave fans fake cards to go buy it. Because to me, to me at the time, I wasn't taking it serious because everybody was like, you're pasty, you're hairy, you're... Right, right, there's all the things. Yeah, so you're, you're not going to go yeah, anywhere. Like you said, you're skinny, yeah. what are you going to do? And uh, so I was like, I was like, I'm not going to go anywhere, I'm just going to... And you're in Tennessee, to... right? Yeah. Which is already a whole, oh God, another wrestling planet, especially at, then. At the fucking time, that, that area. <laughs> um, so, you know, and I'm playing around and, uh, and, you know, and I'm just having fun. 
and I, I ended up losing uh, the one relationship because she wanted me to choose. And I was like, look, this is saving me right now. And she was like, well, I don't like it. And I was like, bitch, I don't like you. I can't help and, you, hon. Uh, I want to shoot myself when I'm not wrestling, so had, I'm going to keep wrestling. Had I not shot myself and had I stayed with her, I'd be a millionaire right now. So I want everyone to know, all those fucking skewers I took for you people, I could have been a millionaire. Anyways. Disclaimer. <laughs> um, but, um, but, uh, wow. I just walked in front of the fucking It's all happening. It's all happening. Are you going to pee? Yeah. Okay. Man, um, this is the portion where you have to pay. <laughs> so we take the camera. If you, if you get, hit our PayPal up, we'll walk in there. We'll walk in there. We don't care. <laughs> uh, her last name's Six and Mine. <laughs> so, but you're going through all yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not. You're, you're, like I said, you're not taking it serious. Right. Um, are uh, you are you not taking it serious because to take it serious means it's another thing that might disappoint you? Yes. I thought I was like, I'm not going. I'm not going to go anywhere. I'm not going to do anything. I'm going to take it serious when what, I'm in the ring. What did go anywhere mean to you then? At the time, uh, at the time, it, it didn't even mean making it to like WWE. It meant. People wanting to pay the same thing. Right, right, right. That, that's what it was. I, I was actually told when I was Armageddon I would never be anything more than a three-minute job boy, and uh, and I might as well, I might as well not wrestle. Uh, I saw that guy a few months before I retired, and uh, actually I saw him at my retirement show, and uh, I was like, oh man, nobody would ever pay the same thing. Well, we're so doing all right here, bud. Right. Um, so let's let's fast forward because there's another thing that I want to talk about. Yeah. It's ugly and heavy because um, my intent is to make Brad cry. Um, but like I do know that right before you got ready to retire, mm. you almost retired in a different way. Like it got it got dark and it got nasty. Yeah. Um, and I don't want you to have to you know talk about shit that you don't feel comfortable talking about in no, specifics. No. But like. Um, which is a terrible thing for an interviewer to say. Brad's my <laughs> fucking friend. Um, was there a catalyst? Was there a specific thing? Um, and did it have to do with wrestling, or was it outside of wrestling that really brought you down the last Both. time? Both. Uh, there, was, there was a lot. There was a lot that went into it. Because um, first of all, I was still carrying the weight of everything else. It, it never it never goes. Right. Um, and I was going back to like the brand cash thing, like first starting, and the when did I start getting noticed? It was the first time I got mad. Yeah. Uh, first time I ever shot on somebody. Yeah. Uh, and then I, and then when I did that, people were like, "Holy fuck!" And um, and what a terrible thing to have happen because it reinforces the worst. Yeah. The uh, the worst quality of wrestling is when it really when it turns bad enough that that it gets real. Um, that's a terrible thing to have go well because yeah. now, because now that's what people wanted to yeah. see. They, they, it was your man. You got to taste the blood. I mean, for years, even even before the hardcore shit, uh, people would try to instigate things, or guys would try to test themselves. Yeah, I remember one. Don't remember his fucking name. I, I remember he went by some type of animal bullshit. He had a fucking mask, and uh, he's been a dick in the locker room because I was probably a few years in at that point. And um, he was like, well, how many years you been wrestling? I was like, I don't know, like three, four. And he was like, well, I've been wrestling 28 years. I was like, well, I'm never, on the same show that I am, but. <laughs> I'm like, well, I've never fucking heard of you. And I just had, like, because at that time I was wrestling every Tuesday. I don't even want to know what that was. One Wednesday a month, every Thursday, every Friday, every Saturday, and, like, every other Sunday. So I was wrestling a fuck ton. I was like, well, how many matches have you had? He goes, that ain't important. I was like, okay. Okay. Uh, so we get out there. Motherfucker's being s shitty stiff. Like, not my stiff. Shitty right. Stiff. And I finally have it. And uh, I go to the ears for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> I beat this motherfucker down in the ring. And I grab my boot and put it on the back of his ear. And I'm just stomping it. And everybody's like, what are you doing? I was like, I'm trying to rip his fucking ear off. And they're like, Brad, this is a family show. And I was like. How many times did you crew you hear that? Oh, dude. No. But yeah, yeah, I didn't want to yeah. get a train. Oh, God. Like, this, every, my last every time. Fuck. Um, 
Um, so anyways, so in a lot of instances like that happen. A lot of people know some of the bigger blow-ups yeah. and stuff, locker room fights, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and, you know, it all, it all kept culminating. Uh, started doing death matches. Death matches helped. They were, they were my way of... I, I was, uh, that's, I'm glad you brought that up. That's something I wanted to get into. Was, like, was that the way to release the pressure valve? Yeah, because uh, in death matches, I could, this was my creation. Yes. I could, I could do this. But uh, but still, it takes a toll on you, and uh, so I'm doing the death matches, um, which I'm not gonna lie, I had a, I never came out about it, but I had a I had a substance problem at the time. Um, then uh, I had a I had a really shitty relationship that I didn't let go of for a while, and when I say really shitty, I mean I was afraid to talk. Yeah. When she was around. Um, I was afraid to talk. Uh, I was walking walking on eggshells. Blah, blah, blah. All this shit. We split up. We'd get back together. We'd split up. This shit, this shit, this shit. You know, she's sleeping with this friend, this friend, this friend. You know, but somehow I'm still a bad guy. Uh, there was that. Uh, there was pressure from home and from different places. Um, there was a, you know, several injuries, like, going, going through my day-to-day -day life, I was like, man, I'm fucking hurt every day, and, uh, was building, 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 pressure, 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 um, and on top of that, I'm now doing this really dark fucking gimmick. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're down in there, man, like, yeah. it's, it's some, uh, uh, what's the term when you... Fucking when you're an undercover cop and you're uh, deep cover, yeah. <laughs> like it's, I yeah. mean, you're you're um, you're in it because it was, it was, and we'll get we'll we'll talk about the wrestling part of it later. Yeah. But like it was shocking just yeah. to see you walk out. Like your face was, you're good. Yeah. You're good at this, <laughs> but like that was, that wasn't Brad. I mean, I guess it was Brad because that's it but was believable. Yeah, that's uh, yeah. You're in it. You're you're in there. I um, I mean. A lot, of, a lot of people don't know. Like that was the thing. Like I, I didn't tell anybody. My, I didn't tell anybody my, about my stuff because one, I didn't want to knock this character, this right. gimmick. But two, I didn't want anybody to be better than me. Right. I didn't want anybody to be able to do it and do it without all the right. issues. Right. And uh, and you, I mean, you can ask Rick Michaels when we had to shoot promos for like eight hours one day. I literally I did them all in one take, but it's because I went into a corner. And I just got in this zone, and I just came out. And I had to get so dark that I had to convince myself that what I was doing was actually real. Yeah. And that I was this person. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, it's great for performance. It is. And if you can get to that place and then snap out of it, yeah. that's great. But you weren't snapping out of it. And that was the problem. Uh, the first one arose. At, the first time arose at IWA Mid South. Um, it's when I was, I was boiling, but not at that point where it's overflowing. Yeah. I was close, and a lot of people don't know, you know, deathmatch stuff, shit flying everywhere, and I took a piece of glass, uh, while I was sailing, and I ran it up my arm, and I was like, fuck it, I'll just die right here. And it was just a split second. So you, you were dead set on dying in the ring. Yeah. In IWA Mid South, yeah, wanted, like you were, I wanted to you go were clocked my, out. I wanted to go in my happy place, and then I snapped out of it. Like right after that, I was like, "Ah, oh, fuck!" Tape, 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 tape. tape. <laughs> God um, damn it, it's wrestling, wrestling, right? Yeah. Tape, tape fixes everything. It does. It really does. That's how my nose. Most valuable commodity in tape the wrestling and world. And glue. Tape glue and Febreze, and you yeah. can get through just about anything. I, I know they can't see it, but at one point in time, this whole part of my nose was hanging off after yeah. a match, and we glued it back on. <laughs> so, were you thinking like? Obviously, you weren't thinking that clearly, but like, so you've taken a piece of glass mm -hmm. and you've stuck it in your arm with the intent of bleeding out in this ring. Mm -hmm. Was that you being done with life, or was that you being so deep into your thing that, oh shit, this will be great? I think at that point it was a mix of both. Yeah. Uh, because at the time, I mean, for God's sake, at the time I was my gimmick was called Strong Style Satan, you know, and I was wore red pants and a white shirt and I did my hair up like horns and I came out to a song like it was just a very creepy song and it had 
Harley Quinn's voice saying, you know, are you the devil as the yeah. song's playing. And at the time, I'm still a Christian, and it's like, it's, I don't know what's going on here. I'm just so involved, and I'm like, man, if I kill myself in the ring, how over is that going to be? Yeah, I mean, that, like, that was my thought process. What, it, what, what I don't like yeah. is my, my first reaction is not, oh, my God, my friend Brad, oh, man. My first reaction is, been over as fuck. Exactly. Like that is yeah. that is, and I know that's an awful thing for me to say. Yeah. But you sound like Jeff. G. I'm not gonna lie that my first thought was if that motherfucker had died in IWA Mid South in the ring because he cut his own shit, we'd talk about him and not to not to derail us, but like you you just mentioned all that stuff, right? You you put all that picture together, the music. The, the character, the, the deathmatch stuff, it's not hard hearing that story to, to understand why people are scared shitless about that Joker movie. Yeah. And I'm not here to legislate whether this causes this. That's right. not what I'm saying. I'm saying, though, that there is a circumstance where if you are a certain kind of person and you are looking for an artistic outlet mm. for some extreme suffering mm. that I can understand how any of the various stimuluses, be it movie like that, whatever the kids in Columbine were into, or whatever a street kid you know in South uh, Southside Chicago is into, I understand how you get to that place. Mm -hmm. um, and you were there. Yeah. You're you're telling me you that's the place you were at. I mean, not not to. I mean, I mean fuck it. I'm not looking for a book next week, but uh, you got uh, one. As a matter of fact. <laughs> um, but. Uh, I mean, I got so lost in the character one time that this kid, this kid just kept fucking up in the ring, just kept fucking up. And I was like, man, everybody's going to shit on this, and this is on TV. So naturally, instead of, you know, just ending it, I'm like, no, I still, I, I, my character is not going to be, it's not the art. Not going to be made to look shady, right. And uh, I pulled that spike out that I used to have, and I pulled the kid's hair back, and I jab it into his forehead, like, Think like 12 times and to me he wasn't bleeding enough so when I walked I took it and ran it across two times right and then he was bleeding and I just threw him and at that point everyone's like oh my god this is so fucking crazy and I mean I don't even know if that kid still wrestles like I when did you realize that was terrible <laughs> a while later like it, it wasn't it yeah. wasn't when you got to the back. No, to me, to me, I walked up to him and I was like, I was like, hey, you need to learn how to fucking work. Right. I was like, I don't have a problem stabbing you in the fucking forehead right. every night, but uh, I was like, but you need to get out, and I and that was that was it. And um, but I, I I know how you got there mm. from what you just said, mm. yeah. but no time did that say. No time did it occur to you. Well, that ain't who I am. No. Not at all. And was it, you mentioned some substance problems. Was that the main thing? Because I understand, I understand you getting into character. I understand you going through stuff in life and it getting dark. What I don't understand is, is how the you, like the actual man, doesn't filter through some of that unless it's just, unless the chemicals are the thing that, that breaks it. Or maybe um, I got it wrong. I've, I've never been in that place, so maybe I got it wrong. It it was, it was super like it's super hard to explain because it sometimes the character carried over in a day to day life. I was, yeah, you know, I I would, um, anytime anybody ever came over my apartment at the time, they were like, "Man, you're really vampiring it up." Because I wouldn't turn lights on. I yeah, just walked around in the dark. That's how I liked it. It's always, it's always freezing. Yeah, like, that's how that's how I wanted to be, and. Um, we, uh, I, you know, it was, and that was me, like, it, and I couldn't tell where the character stopped and where I was, and where, and vice versa, um, and I got real dark, I just, I always wanted to watch stuff, violent stuff, but it was never about the actual violence, right. it was about, why is this guy violent? Uh, I watched, I watched that and watched, like, 14 hours of documentaries before doing the Cold of Cash stuff on Jim Jones and 
Charles Manson. Yeah. And all these guys. And because their thing was, you have to believe I'm right. And it don't get no darker than what we just did. Brad Cash, we set out to talk about darkness. We stayed on task for the most part. And we built this fucking matchup. And we gave them a hell of a finish just then, bud. This has been part one. WrestleMan present a whoopcast. Uh, I'm Matt Hankins. That's Brad Cash. And if you like this shit, then you got to come back for part two where we talk about fun and frivolity. Thank you for watching. But I can't help falling in love with you. Down inside, come, something happens.